1: Hi, everyone. Before we start this episode, in light of current events that has happened, it is currently the day of October 30th, which is the day after the Itaewon incident that has happened in Seoul. And I just wanted to take a moment before we start the episode to um, send my condolences and prayers to those who were affected by the tragedy and a day that was supposed to be filled with joy and have a, people were supposed to have a fun time that it ended in such um, tragic events. But I just want to take some time to acknowledge what happened and to ask everyone to be safe and to be careful during these holiday seasons. And hopefully everyone can just have a good time and be safe during these times. So I just want to take a little bit of time to acknowledge and also um, send my condolences and prayers to all of those that were affected. As we start this episode, I just want this to be able to maybe be A source of entertainment and positivity for you guys in light of recent events, and hopefully, we are able to brighten your mood. And if you need to take a step back from social media because it can be a lot, feel free to do what you need to do, and hopefully, this episode can help. Come along, it's amateur. Welcome, to the show, hour with denise Camp. welcome back to the amateur hour podcast everyone i am so happy to be here it is yours truly denise back on the mic happy to be a part of your day today or night wherever you are whenever it is i'm just glad to be with you and glad to have you listening so today, as we know, we always come in with our drink of choice. And today is actually just going to be water. I'm going to be real boring with it. I think H2O is phenomenal and that it is very understated. I know I always come in with these fancy drinks or whatever. Also, update with the quarantine that I really like. If you open the bottle and you leave it, like if it's like been a day or two, do not drink it. It does go bad. I did not know this and I took a swig of it after leaving it in my studio for a few days from a huge bottle. And then I was uh, very unpleasantly surprised by a very sour taste in my mouth. So just an FYI for everyone. Um <laughs> or corn tea does go bad. I did not know this. Water, however, we love water. Uh, I haven't really been drinking as much water because I've been drinking so much tea. I'm not going to lie. But today's drink of choice is water because I've been trying to drink more and Just appreciate the crisp taste of it. So we have our H2O by our side in our little uh, metal bottle. I'll give you a little ASMR. Yes. And I will be taking some swigs of that while we are talking today. We have a lot of things coming up. It is now the end of October and there's a lot of festivities and things going on. But as we're moving into the colder months, I know everyone can get a teensy weensy bit lonely. Lots of people that I know recently have been coming to me saying they're very lonely, just friends in general, because I guess it's what they call cuffing season, I believe. I'm a little unfamiliar because I've never been a part of the cuffing season era. However, you know, if you're going to cuff, why not cuff now? I will not be cuffing. I will be um, chilling and just doing my own thing and watching from afar, but For all y'all that are trying to cuff this season, wish you best luck with all of your endeavors. I'm excited for these next couple months coming up because I've been working on a lot of music and a lot of my EP and trying to get it out as soon as possible. Originally, I wanted to get it out around November-ish, or at least drop a single then. But due to circumstances and a lot of things that are going on and um, distribution, etc., if you guys are familiar, the music business can get a little tedious. So I'm looking to drop it a little later in the year, maybe near December. So a little FYI about that. Very sorry about the holdup, but I want to make sure this EP is as great as it can possibly be. So look out for that. I'm very excited for this year to come to an end because with all that I have gone through in 2022, 2023 has got to be my year. Honestly, it must or else I do not know what's going to happen to me. So That's what's been going on for me. Hopefully you guys have been holding up well since the last episode. I'm very excited to hear what you guys have been up to. So hit me up on my Discord or socials. I love hearing your thoughts on the podcast or if anything struck or resonated with you or if there's anything that you want me to talk about. Moving into our guest introduction, we have a very special guest here today that I really wanted to get onto as quickly as possible because I absolutely adore her. If you guys aren't familiar, her name is Miss Diane Kang. She is the producer of this podcast, Amateur Hour. And she is honestly the person who keeps the lights on. She is the one who motivates me and is the brains and everything behind this podcast. I'm just the one on the mic. And she is absolutely phenomenal. She works as producers for many podcasts and also for a lot of other works that you guys are probably very familiar with. One of the most creative minds that I know, and I wanted to dig in a little bit into to her brain to see what's going on. And hopefully you guys get to know her more too. So without further ado, this is Diane Kang. Hi, Diane. How are you today? I'm
0: okay. I just landed back in LA uh, after like 10 days in the Bay Area. So I'm just kind of getting back in the
1: groove of being home and stuff. I see. How was the Bay Area? Did you have work there? Were you just visiting?
0: I was visiting because a friend of mine is was actually in town from Korea. So we just timed it so that we would all be in the same town like us and other friends who are out there. I was working very hard all day um, at the appropriate hours that I'm contractually
1: supposed to work. As you should. As you should. Yeah. Work smarter, not harder.
0: Yes. And I work so very hard if anybody who works with me is listening. (laughs) I only work. I don't do anything fun and I just work.
1: (laughs) She does. No, Diane is always so on top of everything with this podcast, you guys. She is one of the people who always... Um, helps me get my guests and make sure that my format is in check and that I'm not saying anything a little too radical, you know, because I sometimes just talk on the mic. Uh, It's always really nice to have Diane and she's always listening in whenever I do my podcast with my guests. So I have a little support system going for me. It's very nice to have because you do feel a little crazy sometimes talking on the mic by yourself. Not gonna lie.
0: Yeah, I considered keeping my um, camera on during certain recordings especially the last one maybe i should have just so that you felt like you weren't speaking to a wall and i also didn't you know i do uh, romanticize this idea of like back in the day when people would self-record them talking into a tape recorder kind of like a diary entry or an audio diary entry so i don't know i, I kind of wanted to make it feel like that for you did you like it
1: <laughs> i did i did i love those little things i watched the show suits for a while and there's a character in there who has a little recorder and walks around with it i think that's so amazing i if someone found that of mine that's why sometimes i don't keep a diary because i'm so afraid that if someone finds it it's just like wow i'm so royally screwed right now
0: i wish i was someone who was good at keeping a diary i think that's what blogging was for a while um i just couldn't do that big like writing long entries in a journal because i just would forget i would always buy diaries as a kid because i love stationery and i love how cute notebooks are and i love the idea of being able to look back in memory but then i realized that social media has kind of not replaced but it does do similar things as what journals used to which is just documenting your life right and the ability to go back to it so if anything the closest thing to what I believe is the best-kept diary I've ever had is, unfortunately, my Twitter account.
1: Your Twitter account is phenomenal. When Diane tweets, I genuinely get so excited. It's... No, I think it's, it's just... It's really not. You say everything that people need to hear.
0: Like sometimes I get on a soapbox and then I immediately regret it. I'm like,
1: okay. <laughs> I have such random opinions about things. No, I distinctly remember one that says... the. Um, the Veronicas could have definitely written Here Comes the Sun, but the Beatles could not have written um, Untouched. And I remember distinctly that tweet because when, you know, correct, and Untouched by the Veronicas is a song that will remain untouched, therefore, because that song was a reset. I Nothing can top that song for me.
0: I think Madonna, for example, could have done with an iconic white man song. <laughs> <laughs> Any of them? You raised me up. She she told. Actually, she would have killed. raise me up by Josh Groban, and actually, in this scenario, um, I actually do think Josh Groban would have actually killed. Um, was it prayer? The just like a prayer. Prayer. Oh, just mm-hmm. like a prayer. I actually think he would have absolutely nailed it. So actually, it's not a really good equivalent, in my opinion.
1: What is it like? This is this is just going to be me grilling you for a second. What's it like being a the producer on my podcast? How has that been?
0: It's been great because you're really good with feedback. I feel like you, you and I have a really good understanding from the jump that whenever there's notes or um feedback on anything that's been done or will be done, it's coming from a place of object objective criticism or constructive criticism. I mean, and all with pure intention to make this be the best version as it can be with what we have going for us right now. It's super early stages and stuff, and so. At the end of the day, I don't ever want to, what is it, put to question the host and a creative person's integrity. So it's like, if you have a certain vision for it, that is what matters actually the most. And my job is to just try to execute that in a way that can be hopefully also accessible to an audience.
1: I feel that a lot of our listeners, and even me included, don't necessarily know exactly what a producer does in the behind the scenes. So can you give us a little bit of insight into that? Sure. I
0: think producer is definitely an umbrella term. I almost want to say like maybe an equivalent is saying calling someone a doctor, right? There's all types of doctors who specialize in different things. Not all doctors are the same. And, you know, one doctor will do something that is completely different from another. And that is the same with producers. Producers essentially uh, do what the word suggests, which is produce. They make something happen. And uh, they're not always the source of the ideas, but sometimes they are. And it's just about execution into reality. It's literally the person being like, okay, you have this idea, or Denise, she wants to do a podcast. What will it literally take to make that happen? And it's my job to kind of list out all those steps and monitor that those steps are completed. Um, while at the same time keeping in communication to any um, whatever team may be involved whatever creators are involved to make sure that everyone's happy everyone's on the same page and that they agree with choices that are being made so it's like okay if denise is going to do a podcast she needs equipment she needs something to talk about she needs um cover art although let's say i am not the person who designs a cover art but it is my job to make sure that someone who can make it is in communication with us and is approved by you. And that, you know, they also execute their job that fits our goal as a show. It's basically just someone, it's just someone like, like, what is it? Like a general, almost like a military general, just like delegating everybody.
1: um, So that, you know, dreams don't have to stay dreams. I think that that's amazing because this podcast would not have happened without Diane, to be honest. I remember whenever we first were in the talks about it, it took about a year for it to finally come around. But whenever it first started, I was so happy with the results. And I'm glad that you guys were happy with it with all the great feedback we've been getting. And Diane is behind all of the great little reels and snippets we have and all the little titles and all of this. She's all the brains behind the work. How many podcasts do you currently producer manager um, work on?
0: Well, so Denise's podcast is in collaboration with uh my colleague and friend, Melissa DeMont's um, company, which is Diamond M. Print Productions. And so with her, we both work on your show, Denise. As you know, Denise. Yes, of <laughs> course. You may not know. Melissa is absolutely killer in this. She has been doing... Uh, podcast content for many many people for many many years and she's incredibly experienced and me and her met and worked together on grace helbig's podcast not too deep especially um back when it was a sh- on a streaming platform as like a visual tv show almost um on full screen full screens streaming platform which no longer exists <laughs> but that happened. Um, and yeah, it was just working together on that podcast that we kinda kept in touch. We're just also friends and when I was telling her that I was coming back to the States, she was like, I would love to kinda onboard you with my current slate of shows and also um maybe start new ones and Denise's show is one of the shows that I presented as a possibility of a new show for the slate. Um, but yeah, I'm assuming most if not every single person who is listening to this who would have an inkling of who I am. They know me
1: from Dive. Yes, that is actually where we first met.
0: Yeah. So I uh with Dive Studios I started tabak Show. I I think you're dope with Eric Nam, Get Real, uh How Did I Get Here, which was hosted by J6 and um Alexa and i did uh what was it nonsensible with sam hammington and others uh and then i we also did like a facebook series white i will say i'm the one who came up with the title so i'm kind of proud of that one
1: yes <laughs> uh and
0: table oh table podcast jamie's show i did those two as well yeah, <laughs> I guess it was a longer list than I remember.
1: So, Diane is just her entire resume is just all of these shows. And if you are familiar with the Dive Podcast, they are absolutely phenomenal and is actually where I got my start as on my first podcast on the K pop Tibok show, the debak K pop show, the K pop debak show with Eric. Oh, is that
0: your first podcast?
1: Yes, it's the first time I ever really got to know what a podcast was, too. And that was where I met Diane. And that's where this whole ball just started rolling. Because from the first day I met Diane, I was going, I must get to know this woman. She is phenomenal. And it just like the vibes were immaculate. And since then, we've just been great friends and also working together, which is great. Because working with friends can be a little tedious sometimes. But I've never really had a second thought about anything while working and being friends with Diane.
0: Well, i remember you coming on and um you're so articulate i was actually shocked by your age not to be ageist <laughs> um but you were so articulate and i was like damn she's just really well media trained
1: <laughs> i was no i was i was so nervous during that podcast i felt that i talked like a mile there
0: uh, we love it when guests talk it's an issue when guests don't talk as you might have actually yourself at this point have found being an interviewer and for both Adiadang and you know this podcast it's hard it to be an interviewer hard. it's really difficult it's, it's difficult to learn how to keep a conversation going to be engaging and also but then at the same time you know give the guest space to express themselves and maybe show the best Parts of themselves, and especially hopefully parts that they haven't shown very much elsewhere, so that you know it feels special.
1: I think it is. I think every podcast that Diana's worked on has had its own specific flavor. It has a bit of that, like Kang spice, as I would say, and I, <laughs> I feel that it's 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 like a it's like a little bit of sriracha. You know what I mean?
0: That that is genuinely was the one of the hardest parts while working at dive to no one's fault it's just oh my camera's off um to no one's fault it was just that we had so many shows uh at one point we had like five shows going in the same rotation and it was just trying to make sure that they were all distinct even though they were all under dive and Even visually trying to make sure that they all look differently, but we were really just using, you know, you remember the second floor, we were just using that one floor space and it's not a big space at all. It's not even a studio. I do remember. Yeah, it's meant to be like an office for like computers and like desk workers. So it it had everything not going for it to be a studio and we had to basically deal with that and figure out how to make it sound and look good, how to make it sound and look different from the other shows so that it didn't feel redundant because we were aware that there was a lot of, what is it, carryover from other shows. So it's like people who listen to the Tabak show will likely listen to Get Real, for example, right? And we don't want a repetitive format. Yeah, so a lot of me and Eric. Just like stressed out, like pulling hairs, each other's hairs. No, <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: about like okay, what is are that? Why he's balding? Eric no, I'm just having. kidding.
0: He will never go bald. Okay, this is a tea yeah. about Eric Nam. He has like Sonic the Hedgehog hair. <laughs> it it's never ending. He has the hairline that would make other men cry because they would be <laughs> so jealous. It's insane. I've never seen someone's hair be that thick and like it's just so much. Every follicle on that head is being used. No, it's
1: very correct. It's so true. He has um the hairline that men would cry for and legs that women would die for. I'm telling you.
0: I don't know if I want his hair though because <laughs> I, I... Only because I say Sonic the Hedgehog for a reason. It's like spiky. It hurts. They're like... His head is like a cactus. One time I remember he like got poked in the eye by his own hair and like it... To him, it felt like a needle because oh it's so, like, thick and, like, sharp. And I, I've i seen him wake up in the morning or, like, I've seen him wake up, like, from a nap or sleep. And it's literally, like,
1: oh, my gosh.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting. I wonder if he's ever gotten, like, a down perm, which is how I know, which is how I understand that Korean guys try to get their hair to not be, like, that hedgehog texture he looks like a so chia that, you know what i mean those chia plants <laughs> we've already talked way too much about him way more than i'd like to and i'm
1: just yes you, but... if y'all want to hear eric go, go listen to the daebak show podcast we love you eric but moving on anyways how long <laughs> were you living because um, we met whenever you were we were both living in korea at the same time how long were you in korea for
0: i moved out there early october 2018 and i left this past january 2022 so i guess i was there for basically like three years yeah like a little like maybe one month over three years i don't know how math works but yeah <laughs> what is what a three years though it's crazy it doesn't feel like it was only three years
1: no I definitely think that you really pulled your weight in those three years and literally did so much because i remember every time I would pull up because I would just go to Dive Studios to hang out sometimes and just bring donuts or whatever and just pop in and say hi. There was always something going on. They were always up recording something. And I would always just pop in and like try to give a little pick me up and just say hi because um, we we're all friends within the staff of Dive. And we also had a lot of good um, just in general, like people that worked there. So we would always just hang out or like grab dinner or something. But Diane was always somewhere. She was always doing something. And I nev- I don't think I really ever saw Diane there whenever I would visit Dive unless I was actually there to work.
0: Oh, yeah, maybe. It's so funny because I also recognize that I do a lot, but I'm also so lazy. Like, I'm a lazy person, I think, at heart. And I think this weird drive to, like, keep getting things done is this because in my mind i'm looking at the finish line and i'm like the finish line is me horizontal laying down somewhere (laughs) and like not doing anything so it's like the quicker I get shit done and efficiently so that i don't have to worry about it later the quicker it can be horizontal so it's not like i obviously love what i do i am much more privileged and lucky to do what i do probably than other people like who have to do like male labor and stuff not saying that those people don't love what they do but what i do is not as physically painful or whatever than others i recognize that and yet that is that shit still
1: knocks me down <laughs> it does she just wants to be horizontal you guys her finish line is just her bed and her just taking a break yeah i love laying down
0: i love not doing stuff i love not replying to emails and yet, everything about my job requires to be not even just, like, not horizontal, but, like, a, like up and about. It does. Like, sitting up it equipment does. and, like, running around to different places and stuff. So, I'm just a walking contradiction. And, yes, if you're wondering, I am a Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> so.
1: No, so, knowing Diane from a friend perspective and then seeing the way that she works, it makes no sense because when she works, it literally it's coming in so quick. She's so fast with the emails. She's so quick with it. And I have an issue in emails that I forget to hit reply all. So it's like the way that she hits me back and responds and um, talks to me about guests or possible like other things for the podcast or any issues that we're having or troubleshooting. She's so quick with it. And then other things is just kind of like very, very like, we it's gonna take a little bit of time (laughs) to get back to you on that you're
0: not gonna hear back from me for a long time if it's not like work urgent or work related because work stuff it's like like other people are trying to make their money and I'm trying to respect that part but if you're just like handing me up because you want to send me a funny picture I will look at it and I will laugh But I don't think I will give always the
1: validation that I saw and that I left. Yes. It's very hard to send Diane cat memes, you guys, because she has seen them all. It's very difficult. You can't. There was a time period where I was like, oh, she likes cat memes. And I love cat memes. So I would send them through. And she has her little sparkling keyboard, this rainbow and light up. I wish you guys could see this. It looks like a cloud, but it's a cat instead on top. And it's generally blinding by to the human eye but it's very important for her to have to get her work done and so she will not be horizontal
0: can i ask you a question of course so based on um when when you did like tablox show did you only do tablox show when i was around you didn't do yes i only did tablox show, show. Right? so when you did tablox show how was that experience for you i'm always curious about how the guests or talent that come through sets that i run like how they feel about it um obviously your perspective is probably gonna be different from let's say like a crane korean, korean talent that came by but compared to the other like activities you would have to do your schedule you would have to do as an idol what was it how did it differ because i don't necessarily firsthand have access or experience in how other um things are run especially in korea i've been around for like a bong song and like i've worked with um here and there, like Korean production teams and stuff for like more Korean-focused content. But I'm just curious from your perspective. This is interesting because I don't think I've...
1: I've definitely been asked questions, but I not on my own podcast. So this is definitely interesting. But for me, whenever... I remember whenever... um, Because I got on the K-pop Tebuk show because we have a mutual friend, Claudia. Hi, if you're listening, we love you and miss you. But she um, was the graphic designer for um, Dive. And she actually, we had been friends for a while because we went to the same church and she contacted me about the opportunity. To be honest, um, during my time as an idol, I do believe that the Dive podcast was one of my favorite schedules that I ever did. Because it was one of the first schedules I could do where I spoke fully in English, which is obviously like, I'm good in Korean too, but English being my native language, it's very comfortable and being able to talk about myself and like where i came from and my roots was a bit daunting to be honest because i am kind of a private person when it comes down to it says the girl who has a podcast but <laughs> i'm trying to learn how to step out of that and i think that was kind of the first step for a lot of fans to get to know me really well i felt very comfortable whenever i was doing the podcast surprisingly i do feel that i definitely rambled because i do that when i get nervous on a mic but I feel that Eric was a great host and a great interviewer. He's actually someone I look up to in terms of the podcast life where I feel that I would love to be as good of an interviewer and host as him. And I realized how much work goes on behind the scenes of a podcast. So whether it would have been the whole camera setup or all of the things that go on. But for me as a guest, it felt very comfortable and that I was just having a conversation with a friend. It was just happened to be like some cameras were on, but Aside from that, having met him for the first time, it was very comfortable and very nice. And it was one of my favorite schedules that I can say baseline.
0: Because I'm aware that the way Dive runs is very like bare bones. So sometimes I wonder if the talent is a little shocked when they come in and they just see like us three clowns. Clowns meaning (laughs) me, Hyunsuk, and Claudia with just like... Three, three DSLRs on sticks and like mic wires everywhere and then because I can't tell for Korean culture wise if it's kind of if it's comfortable or uncomfortable the way like me and Claudia and Hyunseok are so like casual obviously we're on it but we are pretty casual and it's it, for the most part it really is just us three there with Eric or the ho- whoever the host
1: is and the talent And I've seen with other shows, it's like a whole crew of staff. That was what was very different for me, was that when I walked in, it was just me, you and Eric for my podcast and absolutely no one else. So like my manager wasn't there, like no one. I told my manager he could go down and like go get some coffee or something because it was just such a casual schedule in a way that I felt so like more than an idol, I felt like a person if that makes sense, like not saying that it's like bad, but it is very hard because you feel a little for lack of better word scrutinized whenever there's like 10 lights on you and cameras and you're getting your hair and makeup touched up at every second because you don't really know what you have to focus on at that point. But when it came to the podcast, it was very much bare bones. Hi, you and me here to talk. And I really enjoyed that because I like very simple things.
0: Yeah, no, I do too. And I think less people in a room, the better actually so that it can really feel like you know you forget about the cameras being on you the fact that there's a mic recording and that you you can just talk to another human being but uh i i've heard murmurings here and there from certain people who might not understand the format or at least like our or not even our my approach to the format in that way because it's like well this is show business you know it should it should be um, a lot of crew and like fancy huge equipment everywhere and like big professional slates and everyone should be very like not on edge can can, like like tension you know yeah there should be some tension in the air because that is the only way apparently that people can gauge whether or not
1: someone's like working hard on something
0: (laughs) which I don't actually agree with
1: yeah I got Uh, feedback that it was a little too casual whenever I did the podcast but I realized that's what a lot of people actually really liked
0: Yeah, I don't know what is so wrong about casual as long as the work is done. I don't, but that's like maybe a cultural thing. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's like, yeah, the fact that it only had to be you, me and Eric to record a conversation, that just proved that, in my opinion, more than that is excess fat. And Mm -hmm. it's like, just, it's more for show. And then I would question what are you doing here like what are you actually yes. doing to make this happen why do you need to be standing there and i would apply that for almost anything else not just like a podcast for anything it's like you you look around who's in a room in show business and you're just like what the fuck are you doing here no it's really like, in the best you way you don't need a, like you don't need to be here for this shit to happen so like why are you here And you realize people like just want to feel like they're part of it they want to take credit not take credit but they want to have a sense of credit over something or be like yeah 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 like I- i'm doing this too and i'm just like get out yeah. get out of the fucking room i'm not i'm not thinking of specific people i'm just thinking in general like over years and years and years not not just korea
1: i've had a lot of situations where not even in just korea but like that is obviously where most of my career was where I did have a lot of instances where I would be doing a schedule or a filming or uh, somewhere in America, or Korea, whatever it was, or recordings where I'm kind of going, this very much just needs to be me, the mic and the person who's tracking my vocals. And mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. no one else needs to be there. I don't think anyone else really needs to hear me sing because this is going to take a little bit of time for me because I get very perfectionist and frustrated with myself. So I'm, I'll be yeah. like, no, 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 no. Let me do it again. And they're like, Denise, it's fine. I'm like, no, it's not. Let me do it again. And there's just a lot of uh, people who have different titles that are also there, which kind of drove me a little insane because I was going, all right, so now I have to perform. And it it gives you it gives you performance anxiety.
0: Yeah. And then it's like, unless you can do the fucking riff that you're asking me to do or expecting me to do, like, I don't want to hear it. What are you going to do? What are you going to be like? oh, Denise, you're a little flat on that blah, 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 blah. And it's like, how the fuck would you know? I don't
1: know. No, it's it's a personal thing sometimes. It's like, I appreciate the criticism, but if it came from a place of you knew what you're talking about, I would probably take it a little more into account.
0: Yeah. So, which is like, that's what the producer is for. Like, the producer is the person that is supposed to guide or direct the vocalist, I imagine. I don't know. I I don't actually know that much about music engineering, but From what I've observed firsthand um, in music rooms, it's like, yeah, you really literally only need the producer or the sound engineer at the very least, if there's no producer and the person doing the singing or playing. (laughs)
1: Um, Do you work outside of also podcasts as well then? I know since um, you and the wonderful Melissa, you guys are um, working together and doing a bunch of stuff, but do you also delve into other parts of creative?
0: yeah we do everything um i don't want to speak on behalf of her but melissa she's an a killer she's an amazing writer director producer she does everything she also hosts her own podcast she's a wonderfully charismatic humorous human being so it's, i'm just so lucky to like get to do stuff with her and have her keep me around <laughs> um tag along on stuff but we also do stuff obviously separate from each other independently um I work at Anonymous Content, which is a film and TV company. I work specifically for their studio department. Um, I also am just by myself a writer, um, mainly producer in terms of just like professional resume. I've directed here and there. I, I guess you could almost say I directed all the podcasts. Like, yeah, I essentially I ca- feel I like that you that did. Directing. Yeah, I directed all of that stuff. Um, But for whatever reason, I never really formally wore that title, you know, I always just called myself a writer producer to anyone who asked. So yeah, like I I was in comedy, uh, more so back in like 2016 2017. I was in a improv group called gyno. Uh, and we performed oh. all around Los Angeles. Yeah, I didn't come up with a name. They told me they were like, <laughs> "Our name's Gino," and I was like, "Okay, cool." I really, I couldn't give a fuck less what we're called. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, Roll with it. So, Fine.
0: Yeah, we we all we became a group because we all took classes at Upright Citizens Brigade, UCB. If there's any comedy nerds out there, they probably know what that is. Um, if you don't, it it Amy Poehler is one of the founders from SNL. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a comedy venue, but it also has classes, very similar to like the Groundlings, which is another famous uh, comedy venue. Uh, so yeah, I was doing that. I did stand up once when I was younger, uh, but then I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm twenty years old. I'm jack shit to say, so I never did yeah. that ever again. Yeah, and I wrote scripts here and there. I I have like a couple pilots, all that fun stuff. I submitted packets to like random shit like snl even back in the day um do i want to write for snl no but my manager at the time was like just do it you never know and i'm like yeah Mm. but like either scenario sucks for me because i do not want to write for snl which may shock people but i really it just i just know i wouldn't want to do it Mm. uh so it's like Best case scenario, I don't work for SNL. Worst case scenario, they whatever just... like my package and make me work for SNL. I'd like, what the fuck? No. Um, so, yeah, me and that manager don't work together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, in case people were wondering, that's a little bit more of my background pre-Korea.
1: So, what exactly was it that I think from your transition, because I knew that you're from originally California, and then you moved around a lot in general, I believe mm-hmm. I did move around a lot. you did move around a lot. Diane kind of lives she has lived the life that I want to. the fact she's lived in the u k for a while, and that's like my biggest thing like I'd love to live in the u k for a little bit, even though it's like gloomy as hell, but I love it um I don't know if you'd want to live in the in London, I
0: think Brian was cool uh yeah you and I have like exact opposite lives (laughs) we have we have yeah I I was very much in school not trying to be an actor because that would be an absolute nightmare for me I don't know how you do you Levi Jelly, do it I have no idea how you guys do it
1: it was definitely hate being on camera uh you're very good at um so you're more on the behind the scenes side you would say then than being like the on stage on camera type person
0: I yeah I'm fine if I have to be genuinely but I don't seek it out it it does nothing for me it doesn't you know give me butterflies or energize me as I know it does for other people such as yourself Levi Jelly are two other friends who are actors and creatives my thrill was making the talent thrive my my like i always felt good when um talent would tell me that they were happy with like how they came across in something or they have a vision or an idea of something and i could help with executing that um that's usually where my satisfaction comes from It, it literally never had to do with me being like a face of anything that would be awful
1: That is so interesting that there's, I mean, I always understood that there's people who work better on the behind the scenes creative side. And I understand that in a way, too, because I love performing. I do have this hunger to perform and I miss performing right now currently in my day in life. But um, I do love being off stage. So I love being like that on stage, but off stage, I'd like to shut down and just not exist to the world, (laughs) to the public eye. However, it's obviously with this day and age of social media, it's very hard to do that. And um I don't want to just obviously like shut out my fans. But I think it's really interesting because I always wondered what it's like to be on the behind the scenes side of it, because it's whenever I write songs for other people, it is with that intention of seeing them thrive and seeing that song suit someone else better than I know it could suit me. But I don't think I I fully understand yet, since I haven't um had any credits per se about. Um, giving other people's my my songs yet or the songs that I've written for them. But I feel that for you, I think it's really interesting to hear that that's what you push for and that's your drive to see that your artists or your talent thrive. And that's where you kind of get your, your satisfaction, I guess, from.
0: Well, cause like it's to be not about giving or taking it's like, I don't even think for you, it's like about giving someone a song. It's like you worked on something together and now it's this thing that would not have existed without both of you having a hand in it. When I say I get satisfaction from like, let's say like a talent or creative who is on camera, executing something that they're really happy or fulfilled with. It's both ways, right? It's like, oh, I, let's say like, I would want to make a TV show, right? I can't play every character. That's why we need everybody on deck that um is in the world of production front of camera, behind camera to make it happen. So it's like I just like hanging out. That's really what it is. I think um being horizontal and hanging out. I love being horizontal. I love hanging out. I love that uh when I was like thirteen, fourteen, I was really into I still am into comedy, but I was really, really into just like alternative indie comedy, especially um that was out online and stuff. And I followed a lot of like New York comedians. And I remember seeing a video back in the day of a bunch of them just like making jokes with each other. Like it was just them hanging out. And I was so jealous of that. And I was like, that's someone's job is to just like hang out and like be funny and like say dumb shit with their friends. And you can get like insurance with that exactly. <laughs> Not direct directly, but you know, indirectly. And I was like, whatever that is, like whatever that feeling is, or whatever that room is, I want to be in that room, I want to be in the room with really funny people that will make me laugh. And I would love the chance to maybe make them laugh too. And then we come up with a dumb story. And we share it with more people so that people more people in more different rooms can be laughing with us, right? The process is the joy. The execution is simply cherry on top.
1: Do you have any uh, future projects coming up for yourself personally in terms of podcasts or comedy? Because I believe I heard a little rumor from before that you were looking into starting your own podcast, if anything, with some friends. Oh,
0: I mean, we can talk about it. It's so difficult. Uh, I just have so much going on that uh, doing my own podcast has to be such a, like, the maybe only five minutes of free time i would have in a day dedicated to it we've recorded episodes it's just getting them edited is like really difficult actually it's like people are so busy and like after doing like your day job you're just so exhausted but yeah my friend my dear friend and roommate sarah and i recorded a few episodes of a k-drama recap show that we're kind of slowly 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 working on maybe it'll see the light of day someday i would like to think it will um but the idea is that very straightforward we just literally watch a k-drama and we recap each episode of it as we go and react to it and um sarah comes from it from the perspective of someone who's just a very big fan of k-dramas like she watches almost everything she knows who the actors are she like would be like oh so and so debuted in this show and like blah 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 which like i actually really don't know anything about and can't keep up with as much and i guess i could lend the perspective more about just like story structure as a writer and just like you know make maybe make quips about the just overall production of the show and stuff like that and then that was kind of the idea behind it that we would balance each other out in that regard are you a fan of k dramas i don't know I like the dramas. it's like it's like saying like do you like comedy shows and it's like yes yeah, some others mm. no. like i i think that's what it's happens just you're not when people get deep. yeah i'm not super deep in it i watch but deadass this is for everything american tv shows and movies too i i'm so busy now i work so much it's so it's kind of ironic i work so many hours in a given day to make stuff that i can't Make the time now to consume stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I watch maybe all the way through one or two K dramas at best in a year. That's all they I are very long and like brain capacity for.
1: They're draining. That's why I can't watch them.
0: They are draining because it's like you're ten episodes in and there's a stalker now. Yeah, so it's just like a stalker, or yeah, or like a murderer in the apartment building, and that's the reason that's the excuse the story gives for the lead actress to sleep over at the lead actor's house or vice versa. He's going to sleep over at her house to make sure no one breaks into the house or something like that. And then the best
1: friend of opposite gender is suddenly very jealous and like, that's not okay. And every, this is every drama (laughs) pipeline. Yeah
0: i i would i have so many k drama ideas but because i'm not fluent like that in korean i can never write the script i would have to commission a writer to be like can you just make this show because like i i would love to play with those these archetypes and these traditional structures a bit, and have like a fun twist to them but i myself cannot write a korean show it is just not in my wheelhouse I
1: feel that. That's kind of how I feel about Korean songs. Not I do write songs in Korean. However, it's not, it does not come as easily as say writing in English does. But it's definitely, it's some kind of weird barrier that you can be bilingual in your brain, but you can't have that weird creative part tickling. Yeah. To close out our wonderful guest, Diane, I want to actually take some time to read some of y'all's questions that you may have for me and her, whether it's just about random things or about production or Whatever it is, I want to see what you guys are curious about. So we did a little tweet and a little upload on the social media. So let's see what you guys said. Diane, would you like to start for us?
0: Sure. Someone here asked, uh, Real Haneen on Instagram asked, can you please talk about making big decisions like moving to a country slash choosing your next step, dot, dot, et cetera? feel like this is very... On par with the
1: whole conception of your podcast, I feel that we've both had the whole experience of um, moving to different places. You probably more than more than I have, and I moved from a very young age, but my take on this is more very Nike you just gotta do it kind of thing it's not it's so hard to adjust to be honest. I think the time that I actually started feeling comfortable by myself in Korea was. I was just like lying to myself for a good three years, telling myself, this is fine. But I was also 15. So it was very easy to just make my brain think that this was great. But I had no support system. I knew nobody. I was in a practice room for 12 plus hours a day. And I was kind of just conditioned into thinking, this is my life. But coming out of that, I think this year is the year that I finally started living in Korea properly, where I meet friends, I see people, I stop meeting people. I start doing more things that I actually want to do and finding out what I enjoy. And also more importantly, what I do not enjoy and straying away from those things or trying them again for me, like tomatoes, you know, I've been just really trying to like tomatoes, but the adjustment process, it's hard to meet new people sometimes, especially depending on your personality, but it is very important to get out there, whether it's clubs or organizations or just at work. Going in with a you steady meant, job. You meant you meant like clubs, like school clubs, or something that like, oh, like um, school um, clubs, <laughs> not like the UNGU um, like, um, um, clubs. like kind of clubs, <laughs> <laughs> you can't talk at clubs. I went to my first club this year, and I was like, I get, I don't really get what the hype is about, but um, I was kind of like, okay, cool, great. I'm talking about like organization clubs, not. Um, I did a lot of um, volunteer work when I first came to Korea, and that actually introduced me to a good number of people that I still talk to. Um, whether it's something you're passionate about. If you're moving to a foreign country completely, so more often than not, there is kind of a foreigner's, or at least in Korea since I've only been here, there is a foreigner's club where you can meet people who are in similar situations as you. So it helps with the adjustment process. That's I was never really allowed, I didn't really get the time to be in those, but being in church and finding an English-speaking church in Korea is something that really did connect me and get me more involved. And that is actually in the way long story short how I met Diane was through a friend from church and no I was was not at church yeah (laughs) what are you talking about my adjustment process was kind of more it's it's you go through a lot of hard times but because of the hard times you realize whenever things get better how good it is but more than anything go in with the go in with the job at least first and it's never fun to struggle for money I'm telling you it's like the grind is like great but having a stable, steady job to at least rely on is one thing that I will recommend is like peak for me at least.
0: Yeah, we love a salary um, and benefits. Uh, Well, I have a question from this question, which is what motivates your decision-making, Denise?
1: For me, it's very, do I feel that this is the place that God wants me to be? I'll pray on things a lot. And from there, I do tend to get answer and confirmation. But more often than not, I'll look at hard logistical facts a lot of the times because those are things that don't change like emotions or opinions and go into it knowing that, for example, if there's a steady, stable job, if if it's a city, like say if I were going to move to L.A., I have friends like you and um, other friends that we have in L.A. where if I really go through a rough patch, I know I have a support system or just I have a support system in general. And the decision making is very much based on facts and logistics for me, if not then in the open areas, that's where I leave it up to God. But
0: Mm.
1: I came to Korea in the beginning because of the fact that a company basically offered to take care of everything for me. Be I just come and train and see what I can do with them. So due to that, obviously, I took the jump, even though I wasn't really super into K-pop or had any idea about it whatsoever, because I'm a person that's, if an opportunity comes to me, odds are I'm going to take it if it's a good opportunity. But now I'm a little more careful about it because obviously I'm older and there's more risk involved. So you really, when you're young, you really just take whatever risk and you're just kind of like, all right, cool. I'm young, whatever, wee. But now being 21, there's a lot more thoughts involved in terms of travel expense or whatever it is. And coming into it, I think the decision-making process is based upon for me, what can I gain? What is this going to... You have to go for me whenever I moved back to Korea. It was, I feel that I can gain more from the city than say being in Houston will be right now. So that was my main thing in decision-making was what, do I, what is there that I can gain? And I wrote out a whole list of pros and cons and the pros very much outweighed the cons. So I ended up coming. You and I are so unalike when it comes to... This. What was yours? <laughs> What's your decision-making? Like You're Gemini, I'm a Capricorn.
0: Uh, oh, There we go. Um, Yeah, for me, it's all about so as someone who loves story. um, I've always had this fantasy ever since I was a little kid that I was just like, living in a movie or living in a great book that would sit with me for a really long time. And so not that I see myself as a main character, maybe maybe a narrator who watches the main character. But I always kind of make decisions on the idea that does this progress the story? Am I moving forward to the next part of the story? Um, And usually the way that I know is the most interesting way to tell a story is never, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. Usually a more interesting story is, this is happening, but this suddenly happens. And now therefore this new thing is happening. Um, And so, for example, it's like, I was living in California, my whole entire life. But then I decided I'm going to go to school to New York. And then therefore, I was living in New York and doing this and that. But then halfway through New York, I was like, I'm going to apply to this BBC program in London. And then all of a sudden in London, and then um, I was supposed to be only in London, that entire program. But someone asked me if I wanted to, you know, be a tour assistant for a comedy tour uh, back in the States for a week. And I said, sure. <laughs> and I just I was like, sure, I'll do it. Fuck it. Was, did they say they were going to pay me? No, I was going to full expecting not to be paid for my time. um, Other than, you know, obviously having my flight and hotel covered. That was just exciting for me. Cause I was like, I don't know what this is. I've never done it. They asked me to do something I've never done before, which is, I liked that. So I immediately said yes, Um, and then therefore got a job offer out of school, which meant therefore I would have to move to L.A. And then while living in L.A., I was like, what else can I do to just make things more complicated and not a straightforward thing? Oh, I'm going to I'm going to do improv comedy now, all of a sudden, apparently. Um, And now I'm performing on stage, even though I to this day stand by the fact that I am not someone who likes being on stage. And then. I decide I'm going to move to Korea. So then I move to Korea. I'm in Korea at a company. And then my friend goes, do you want to go into a meeting even though you're already at a company? I'm like, yeah, sure, fuck it. Let me go into a meeting. Why not? I'll stop by. I'm in a meeting. Eric Nam is there. I go, hi, Eric. And he tells me he has this idea uh, for a thing called Dive. And I go, okay, cool. Let's talk about it more. And then we don't talk to each other for months and months and months. And then someone tells me they want to make a podcast. And I go, I've done that before. Let me talk to them. They go, okay. So then I'm talking to Eric Nam again. And then they go, do you want to work for Dive now? And I go, sure, fuck it. (laughs) And then all of a sudden I'm working at Dive. And then I'm working at Dive. And then Netflix Korea is like, do you want to work for us? And I'm like, "Mm, I don't actually know, but I'll do three interviews. Did fucking three interviews. And I said, no, I do not want to work for you, Netflix Korea. And then all of a sudden, I'm in uh back in l a so all to say, love, but then therefore and not so much and then this happened and this happened and then this happened and
1: this happened. that, that kind is kind of very that. interesting. You live the life that I aspire to have <laughs> where i'm very I'm a very impulsive person, but because I'm very impulsive, I know that I have to take the measures beforehand to make sure that I don't absolutely royally like go poop like just on the walls everywhere like literally like because that's kind of what i will be prone to do sometimes
0: yeah i'm impulsive and i just fully get into the impulsive like it frustrates everyone around me family and friends if you talk to levi jelly and sarah they with gritted teeth say yeah dan just fucking decides one day she'll do this or buy that or this is her new hobby now um and i usually lean pretty like a hundred percent into something um with this weird uh unsupported confidence that it'll be fine
1: i was like "At least that's fine. important <laughs> it's confidence Fake it till you make it it is what that is what it is whenever it's okay so whenever you go into it i think for the decision making i think the one factor that me and diane do have in common is the commitment to it and it is kind of the fake it till you make it confidence of this is going to work out fine wherever how it works out in the end
0: yeah, so, who, so the, the fact, I'm so sorry if we have not even answered your question the way that you probably were imagining it, but all to say, if your question is, can you please talk about making big decisions like moving to a country? I'm assuming it is because you are also interested in potentially moving to a new country, and that's a really big decision for you, as it should be for anybody. Um, you won't know until you do it, and nothing is happening by you just asking others how they did it you know you can try to prepare all you want you can try to be denise and plan and think the logistics is as practical but if it keeps basically if you keep thinking about it for longer than 6 months you want it and now it's on you and it's on it's your responsibility to make it happen for yourself
1: take control of it take control of your life
0: yeah because clearly this thought is not leaving your head and I'm under the belief is if you really want it, you will do it. And if you don't do it, then that, to me, tells me that you didn't actually really want to do it and that you were always looking for an excuse um, to not do it. And so I don't know if you're asking this question so that we tell you don't do it. It's too hard. You're not going to be able to do it because maybe that is easier to take than you telling yourself you can't do something, which I don't think you should do. You should live life
1: I don't think you should ever let two girls on a podcast tell you what to do with your life. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like, obviously you want to, obviously we're like, actually you shouldn't go because this and that. Totally, I get the practical reasons for it, but it's like, I think, you know, the heart wants what the heart wants and you get this one life, you get this one earth and one experience. And so I think things like moving to a new country, it's like, why wouldn't you if you could? Why would you live in one place your whole life when? There's this big, beautiful world out there.
1: Exactly. All in all, do what you feel you need to. Yeah. If there's a decision to be made, the
0: best thing you can do is make one, make a decision. Because a lot of times people have a big decision
1: to make and they don't make any decision. (laughs) You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. I hate to be that person, but you do. You do. So take the shot, go for it. And honestly, just let us know how it goes. We're not telling you like move or don't move. But if you're sitting there like thinking about it that much, then honestly, why not is my biggest thing. So hopefully that helped give you a little more insight in terms of that. But that was um, me and that was a Gemini and a Capricorn's take on it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No fire Um, and no water because the Capricorn's earth sign, right?
1: We're earth. We're very earth. And you're.
0: Yeah. I'm an air sign, I'm all up in the air.
1: Oh, we got earth and air. Yeah, y'all are just going to get a lot of, like, ground and, like, so. A hurricane, babes. A hurricane. And Denise, do you have a question? I do. I have one. It says, for us, any tips on getting over a creative slump and finding new, fresh ideas? Ooh. From your perspective, I feel like the creative side, what would you say? Do you get in slumps often? Or
0: um i get into speed bumps so i have a goal but on um, to get there some or like potholes on the road where it's like oh i have to figure out how the these pieces in a story will fit together or how this project will fit together with all these different elements or things to consider right or it'll be like potholes where it's like something's missing we need to like Fill this thing in so that we can keep going down towards the road. So if we're talking about like writing our story, it's like I know I want this. Like I I know I want to result in this type of story, but how do we get there? How are my characters or whatever getting there? Um, I'll get into that. Not necessarily for lack of ideas, but just lack of bridges. Um, I and apparently all my stories is very heavily uh related to road work and infrastructure. <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know why i went so hard with this analogy but yeah I, I i'm never out of ideas i'm more so always struggling with how to execute
1: do you, how do you feel that like you get over those
0: uh walking away from it <laughs> and then it'll maybe come to me while i'm doing something that's like physical like washing dishes or like you know walking to my car or something um or honestly, you, you got to consume something that is very in line with what you're trying to do. So it's like if you're trying to make a comedy pilot, watch comedy pilots and see how they resolve their own issues. How did they get from point A to point B, C, D, E um, with their, those characters, right? And then not to say you copy it out right, but you see how that puzzle worked for them. And then you, it'll bring clarity to your own pile. Um, so what inspires me seeing other people's stuff and who are doing the things that I would like to make similar to, obviously not exactly like, I've got to make my own, put my own spin to it. Um, so watching TV will always inspire me to write TV, uh, listening to podcasts will always inspire me on topics. I want to address in podcasts and I would imagine for music, if I were a musician, listening to music would make me more driven to make my own.
1: I feel that I'm very, I understand. But then my problem with whenever I hit a bump or a slump, I will sit there and stare at it. And I will not let, like, I I don't want to. Like, I want to be the type of person that can, like you said, walk away from the speed bump and like come back to it. But I will, I'll walk away, but like, I'll keep looking over my shoulder and I'll just keep staring at it. And (laughs) I, I want to know, it's on the back of my mind all the time. And I went through a slump recently actually when it came to writing and music where I went through a whole thing. I was like, I don't even know if I should write music anymore. But for me, it was very much a keep pushing through, but I realized that that's not the way to go. I don't want to write music unless I feel like I have something to say or else it's just blank. Like it's just nonsense that I'm just spitting out and it doesn't mean anything to me. So I think the biggest thing for me is just taking a step back, coming from both perspectives of me like the person who will keep staring at the speed bump and Diane who has the strength to walk away from the speed bump is not the shaking. I'm lazy. I'm like, Oh, fuck this? And I walk away. I'm like, I'm going to watch TV. Take the step back from the speed bump <laughs> and don't stare at it too hard because then everything like, I don't know why we still talking about work, road work, but you know, like the lines on the speed bump, a lot of times, it's just going to start to blur together and you're not going to be able to see anything clearly. So st- take some step back and see the big picture of it. Because sometimes we get so caught up in the details that I don't think we know what to do. So sometimes
0: you got to take the sidewalk.
1: Get out of the car. You do. And that's how you get new ideas. You find fresh ideas in something that's completely different. Like I would watch shows or like I watched 500 Days of Summer, which is one of my favorite movies. And I wrote a whole song about that. And that was where I pulled inspiration from because God knows my love life isn't going anywhere. So sometimes you need a little bit of extra like outside perspective in it. And you need to, see or hear something that's gonna completely like that's gonna just kind of kick start it and you find that passion again. But if you don't feel it, then I don't really feel that you should force yourself to, especially in terms of a creative, because burnout is real.
0: Yeah. Well have you ever dealt with burnout? Uh, me. Um I probably was burnt out ten years ago and yet here I am just lighting the candle both ends. Uh mm-hmm. I don't know. I I have resurgences. It's it's when something new happens that will always revitalize me. It I, I that it's the whole thing about hating ands and ands and ands in stories and wanting buts and therefores. Um, I love interruptions. <laughs> I love something new to tackle. I get bored pretty easily with any sense of routine and stuff. So I'm very project based. So if i keep having to only do one project every single day then yeah that'll burn me out a lot and make me just hate everything and be like why didn't i just i don't know work in accounting or something um and it's as soon as like oh there's a new thing to work on i'm like oh my god fuck yes okay great mm-hmm. and i'm all in and like batteries fully charged again so i think i chose the right profession
1: Yeah, you did. Always unpredictable and the best for you. So I feel like you did a great job with that. So stepping back, finding your creative again, finding your passion. You don't need to always feel that you need to be in it in order to be in it. If that makes sense, you can. Yeah, like
0: experience life, especially if you're you're talking about creative blocks. Like creativity is literally from what's around you in your environment and who you're connecting with and what consuming. So get a change of scenery or
1: explore more of the earth that you haven't. already. Yes. So I feel that was a great wrap up to our question for that one. I feel that we gave hopefully that helped you in terms of if you're going through creative slump or a block right now that or whatever it is, you're just kind of going through a little downtime in your life then you can just find the passion again to get back up and keep doing it, which is what I have to keep doing to go to the gym because God knows I don't like going. Thank you guys so much for sending in your questions. It was always super great to get some feedback from you guys and hear what you guys want to hear us talk about too so thanks for sending those in and thank you diane for taking the time to be on the amateur hour podcast after all this time behind the scenes i'm really glad that we're able to shine some light on you and also melissa and all the wonderful people working on this with me
0: yes thank you for being such a lovely host and person to work with so excited for all the music that you've been working on um, sometimes a, a clip of you singing will come on on one of our phones, like our friend group, and everyone just like starts shimming like <laughs> swaying in our feet. Um so we're all just like waiting with bated breath for this album to come out. Um or us anything. We'll take we'll take crumbs. Just anything um, else- we'll, Yeah, we'll take a sigh. A melodic sigh from Denise. For those listening right now, we highly encourage you to leave a five-star rating and leave a review on Apple Podcasts if that is where you listen to this podcast, especially if you have an iPhone, I guess, or an Apple account.
1: Also, thank you to all the other Trulies or other just listeners that I've been listening in. And if you're not a Truly, Trulies are my fans that we have deemed ourselves a fandom name. I understand it is a seltzer drink, but just bear with me okay we love salsa drinks in this house so i'm really grateful for you guys and thank you for supporting this podcast and allowing me to be able to speak about things that are important to me and hopefully you guys can listen to and relate to as well so i'm really glad to hear that you guys are enjoying this podcast as much as i am enjoying making it so thank you guys so much for that
0: if anything truly should sponsor you the signature drink of denise they should that I could should. be literally the next episode's drink of the week or whatever drink of the episode.
1: I can't get truly's in Korea, but I want them. I've never tried it. I've only tried white claws.
0: Truly, you must send our girl Denise a box and sponsor this podcast. It's the only solution. It is. I
1: see that, and I think that since it's out there now,
0: we've already mm-hmm. said too much so- for free. And so, you know what else is great? What uh, white claw. <laughs> you know, yeah. Got so, mm, for just you. saying.
1: <laughs> Just changes my fandom name to White Claw. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's, it's, Denise is like, I'm a true seller. You know what, girls? Uh, this week we're called Coors Light. My fandom name <laughs> is Coors Light. My fandom name is uh, Banana Ma Uyu. <laughs> <laughs> whoever, whoever is the sponsor is that Whoever name. comes first. Yeah, whoever's paying my rent that month.
1: <laughs> With all that being said, we had quite the turn of events this month with October coming to an end now. And we got to have some wonderful time chatting with Miss Diane about whether it was production or just what it's like to be on the behind the scenes of a lot of the entertainment and things that go on. I think it's always super interesting to hear about those kinds of things. And hopefully y'all found it interesting as well. And we gave you a little bit of advice from uh, Gemini and a Capricorn from just completely other sides of the mental spectrum. But you know, hopefully that helped you guys and gave you some giggles because definitely know that we were laughing the whole time while we were doing that and i wish you guys all nothing but love and safety and i hope that you are all doing well so don't forget to follow me on my social medias at denise kim says and also on my music streaming platforms at denise kim sings for soundcloud and youtube i promise i'm going to be uploading more and trying to do more things since i'm currently working on my ep right now it's definitely coming to more focus on that but Keep an eye out for it. And I will try to upload more on my social medias and keep you guys in the loop. Thank you guys so much for listening. Stay blessed. I wanna say thank you for tuning in I hope you enjoyed listening I'm afraid it's time to go But I'll see you in the next episode If I could I but for now, this has been Amateur Hour with Denise Kim. Amateur Hour with Denise Kim is a production of DK Entertainment LLC, produced by Diane King, Melissa D. Mons, and Diamond Print Productions. Post production sound by Chris Henry, an advertisement partnership with ACAST. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable.